Yo, Melissa. Hey, Craig. Big episode this week. Sure is. A lot of crap to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot going on with the sports teams. We got football back, which is really nice. So nice. Taking a win for the you Patriots. You have a fucking pumpkin spice latte yet? No. Not your thing? I, I, ah, it totally is your thing, isn't no, it? No, it's not. I don't. <laughs> you hesitated there. Like, I know, I know. You looked you, wistfully off into the distance. You want to know the truth? I'd I love al- to know the truth. I, I always think that I'm going to like pumpkin flavored. Yeah. And then I... And then you find out that you love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I throw on a black North Face and it turns out it's my fucking favorite. Bingo. No, I will... Um, have one coffee that is pumpkin in it and be like this is gross i don't like this yeah <laughs> but every year i do it i get yeah. at least one and i don't like the it the type 2 diabetes is tough to deal with yeah. for sure. <laughs> it's like hit your teeth and you just feel instant cavities yeah 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 anyways so big week this week we've got some patriots thoughts we've got some red Sox thoughts we've got some tennis takes yeah well we talk about it i wouldn't <laughs> we talk around it you could say yeah. uh anyways all inside coming your way Right now, if you want to uh, get in touch with us, what could the people do? They can call us at that phone number. I can't remember. It's 904-87, like Rob Gronkowski, TTPod. Clever. 904-87-TTPod. If you keep your eye on our social media, which is at Pod on all relevant platforms, you might just see a little question being posed to the audience, in which case, feel free to call. But if you don't, fucking call us anyways. Yeah, you can leave a message about anything you want. Any old thing. Don't expect us to pick up, you know, don't get weirded out by the prospect of us picking up the line. Like that won't happen. No, that's it's a voicemail. Don't worry. Accidentally happen, I promise. It's, no two people want to talk to you on the phone less literally than the impossible. two of us. Literally yeah. impossible. So don't get skeeved out by that. We don't want to talk to you. You don't want to talk to us. It's easy. Anyways, enjoy the episode. What's going on, Burnsy? Not too much, Craig. How are you? I'm doing uh, just dandy. You pumped to have NFL football back? I wouldn't know. I don't know if I'm pumped. Why? I'm relieved. I would say relieved. Oh, okay. The last two days have been good. quite autumnal, so it felt natural. Autumnal? Autumnal. Oh, they said optumnal. <laughs> like like, like optimum? Op- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking like the eye doctor, optician. <laughs> optician? Optician. No, it's felt very fall-like. Yeah, no, no, no. It's Sweater been good. weather. Oh, I've enjoyed the uh, the cool weather. I certainly enjoyed watching football on Sunday. I'm yeah, glad it's back. it was nice. I'm mostly glad that uh, as it relates to you and I and to the New England Patriots that we can just like talk about football again. Yeah, not... Feels like a very long time since we've actually talked about play on the field. It has been. You know it's what I'm saying? Since the first week of February, in fact. It's Fucking long time. It wasn't. That didn't go well. So let's move on to better things. Let's. All right. Uh, should we go around town here and yeah. get caught up? Kick us off. All right. Uh, the aforementioned New England Patriots uh, won their season opener Woo! against the Houston Texans by a score of 27 to 20 this past Sunday. Our boy, Tom Brady, threw for three touchdowns, total of 277 yards and showed, at least to my highly trained eye no <laughs> visible signs of rust uh especially when targeting fellow offseason no-show rob gronkowski he caught seven of eight targets for 127 yards and a touchdown uh also notable from sunday's game recently acquired running back jeremy hill left the game early and uh reports came out on monday that we now know he has a season-ending acl tear mm-hmm. that's a bummer yep uh also little uh little trickling story out of foxborough like pre-game more or less was that uh there was rumors this week that 
Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels got a five-year contract extension, which made him the highest paid coordinator in the league at right around $4 million per year. Uh, Side note there is that teams don't have to disclose coach salaries, so it's like you never really know how much these guys make. But according to, I forget who was that reported it, but highest paid OC in the league, basically getting head coach money, Josh McDaniels is for the Patriots. So that's worth noting. Patriots also announced today they released two people. Oh, yeah. Including the dude that muffed the punt. Oh, number uh, freaking 17 there. I want to call him McGill, but I'm McGill. Not <laughs> I can perfectly comfortable calling him <laughs> fucking McGill. It's something Irish sounding. McLaren sure. McGill. Yeah. Take a walk, McGill. Yeah, whatever. He doesn't play for us anymore. It doesn't fucking matter sure what doesn't. his name is. So long, McGill. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for the Patriots. Next week, they got the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Kick off for that one Sunday, 425. Be there. Uh, let's move on to the Red Sox, the other hot team in town. They managed barely to avoid a sweep at the hands of the defending World Series champions, Houston Astros at Fenway Park this weekend. Mitch Moreland had a walk off RBI in the bottom of the ninth to give the Sox the win on Sunday night. But the Astros definitely took the series two games to one. They're going to continue their homestand this week with a four-game series against the Jays and then three games versus the Mets over the weekend. So that should push them over 100 wins. Yeah, they got 98 right 98 now. right now. Day off on Monday. Yep. So pretty sweet. We could see that for the first time in a very long time. Quite, what did we say, 46 was the last time? Yeah, something like that. Certainly not in my lifetime. Yeah, most, probably not even our parents' lifetimes. <laughs> That's true, so. actually. Uh, basketball team. Had a fairly quiet week, as you might expect, in September. Two notable off-court exceptions. Uh, One was Ray Allen was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame right down over there in Springfield. A friend of ours texted about what what percent of the guys at the Basketball Hall of Fame induction immediately went across the street to the MGM in Springfield and just fucking gambled their lives away. A hundred percent of that. Uh, he had some nice things to say in his speech about the 08 Celtics. He thanked Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Danny Ainge by name. Did not thank Doc Rivers. Ooh. Apparently, there's some still some beef there. Um, other piece of notable Celtics news. This is my favorite little story. Little disturbing. <laughs> little sick that it was your favorite story. <laughs> is that back up to the backup point guard, Jabari Bird. I mean, I would consider Terry Rozier to be the backup point yeah. guard to Kyrie Irving. But whatever. Backup point guard, Jabari Bird, was arrested by Boston police on Friday night and is facing a number of charges, including kidnapping and strangulation in what appeared to be a domestic violence incident in Brighton. In my backyard, Brighton. Yeah. Also, I just read while I was peeing just now. Yeah. <laughs> Boston Sports Journal reported that he's he's in the hospital. Yes, yeah, that's what I hospital. was just about to say. He's still in the hospital, and now they won't disclose what hospital he's in. But I'm fairly certain the first report I saw they said, said he's in Sainties. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, Elizabeth. I don't fucking know who they're hiding it from now. Right in my backyard, in your former backyard. my former backyard. I used to live over there. Apparently, that hood's gone to shit while I've been gone. Yeah, geez, the fucking Celtics move in, and all of a sudden we got know. we got we got domestic violence. I issues. never got kidnapped or strangled. <laughs> Hoping the same will be true for me, but <laughs> well, I, time I don't know. <laughs> Seems like things are turning. You might want to lock your doors. <laughs> Hide your wife. All right. Anyway, let's move on to the Bruins. They're a little more family friendly, apparently. Yeah. They are participating in the NHL Prospects Challenge in good old Buffalo this week. Sunny Buffalo. Yikes. Uh, their young guns will play in a four team round robin tournament with the Penguins, Devils and Sabres. No real meaningful updates uh, this week from players whose names you might recognize other than um, clarifying that Patrice Bergeron's injury is a groin. It's a groin. We were questioning. It's a groin. Last week. 
Um, and now we obviously know he won't be making the trip to China. Yeah. I'm right. kind of excited to see some of those China games. I thought you were going to say you're excited to see the Prospects <laughs> Challenge. I was like, I don't even know how you would go about seeing the Prospect Challenge. I'm going to go to Short Buffalo and watch to them. Buffalo, yeah. yeah. I'll just yeah, drive really, there. Really buried the lead on that. We should have started Bruins, obviously, that the Prospect Challenge is what, what really everybody, draws everybody the wants in, to hear draws about. draws the people in. It's very exciting. It's like a little skills competition. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a hardcore, then that's what you're into. Yeah. I mean, I guess if it was on TV, I'd probably watch it, but I don't think they're televising that shit. No, but it would be. It would, yeah, you're right. It would be something to like keep on in the background. Yeah. Like, like doing other shit around the house, editing this podcast, maybe. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> anyway, in this case, we got Monday Night Football going on uh, as it is Monday, yeah. September 10th, yeah, day after the season opener for the Patriots. Uh, where'd you like to begin here, Bernsey? Do you want to get talk about how I got wrecked in my DraftKings league every fucking week? It's so <laughs> irritating. <laughs> we're, already on, <laughs> we're already on every fucking week. Well, this isn't the first season I've played. Yeah, you're like the Browns. You take that 17 game winning streak <laughs> across multiple seasons. Exactly. Yeah, me and the Browns, we got the same record. Yeah, no clean slates here. Just carryover animosity from getting yeah. screwed last year and the year before. Anyway. I also went over in my suicide <laughs> fucking pool, picked the Saints, got so, fucked. I don't know why any of these people listen to us. <laughs> well, we're not giving out gambling advice, at no. least not directly. No, I'm getting fucking hosed right now just with my Monday Night League. For those listening at home, Melissa's blaming me for her DraftKings performance because I it's made true. some offside comment about Deshaun Watson being half decent. I was wrong about that. But now yeah. apparently it's my fault that her draft team. Draft this was all just fucked. a circular way to get you to say that you were wrong <laughs> so yeah let's start there then i was definitely wrong you were so wrong uh, i was picturing wrong. i was i was predicting a loss you week did. one loss you predicted the l and that's not uh, what happened at all certainly thank not what god happened. houston kind of looked like shit and the patriots looked better than i expected the patriots looked much better than i expected i agree with that they came out strong that you know they had a three and out which was like a weird all running play mm. and then they just went straight to their bread and butter fucking Brady to Gronk for a touchdown. It was a sick touchdown over that pylon too. Yeah, that was, yeah, the, the double coverage corner, yeah. like corner of the end zone pylon touchdown. You you skipped over the part that gave him the ball back, which is Deshaun Watson fumbling on the first snap of yeah. the 2017 season for yeah. his ass. I didn't like 18. that. I didn't, it's 2018. <laughs> that's fine. No yeah. one's keeping score. And on a fucking handoff, no less, like Deshaun Watson, probably the easiest play a quarterback will ever be asked to do short of yeah. taking a knee at the end of a game. Yeah. Just fucking hand it to the guy right give it to someone else puts it on the ground recovered by i forget what defensive player for the Let's patriots say and then right after the three and out which if you're houston what a great yeah. way to start the game you fucking win the toss have them get the ball patriots three and out you got the ball back you're feeling pretty good at right. that point you've taken the crowd out of it a little bit uh, uh, yeah some of the excitement's over sure you have you a know chance. the patriots always want to defer so you've got like their little yeah you know halftime game them. plan is not gonna fly right so like you should be feeling pretty good about that put it on the ground and then but let's talk about that putting it on the ground because we kind of talked about this in our opening takes i i think the biggest surprise coming out of this weekend was the patriots brought a defense with them to the game you know something that we haven't yet talked about in our previous two episodes of like this year yeah was i kind of was overlooking the patricia factor uh he's gone he know how long he's been here no 2012, Matt Patricia's oh, really? been. Uh, well, he's been on the team since 2004, but he's been the yeah. he's been the coordinator since 2012. That's a long time. That is a long time. For a defensive I coordinator. would, if you had made me guess, I would never have said that long ago. Yeah, that he was five years as the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I guess I maybe would have guessed 13 or 14 or something. I mean, yeah, I know that on the 14 right? team, he was the defensive coordinator, like 
Malcolm Butler interception and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, so, so from like a coaching perspective, scheme perspective, I mean, Bill Belichick is a defensive guy. He was a defensive coordinator. He was a, uh, you know, that's, that's yeah. the side of the ball yeah. that he comes from originally. Right. So you never really see drastic, drastic changes from coordinator to coordinator in Belichick's teams generally but i think there was a little bit more like there's a little bit of a stylistic difference they seemed a little more aggressive a little more like willing to get after deshaun watson a little bit yeah and they Um, they interestingly did not name a defensive coordinator to replace matt patricia uh i think his name's brian flores Flores, is gonna do the play call but i i think it speaks to exactly your point that like bill's getting a little more hands-on a little more involved than he might have have when he has two tenured yeah 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 and that was i forget where i heard this but i i heard a report about the lat like generally that's a belichick move is to promote the guy to the position but not give the title until a year in so brian flores is the de facto defensive coordinator in everything but name right at this point and yeah i thought the defense looked great i mean it's yet to be determined right now whether that was a good performance by the patriots defense or a just an inept offense. We'll see how the rest of the Houston Texans season goes. Sure. Um, Deshaun Watson's Deshaun Deshaun Watson's first game back after the ACL injury last right. year, he looked out of sorts. I mean, he like he he horrible, looked like he had an ACL game. injury for Christ's sake. <laughs> he did. He looked very hesitant. Very couldn't s- run. Tentative. Oh, like Jesus. it was it was bad all around. I mean, he's coming back from injury. I guess you give him a break, but he definitely didn't play like you know the Deshaun Watson that the NFL was all hype about last year. He looked more like a scared backup. Yeah. He played like the way Deshaun Kaiser played for like one quarter in that Packers game last night after Aaron Rodgers went out. <laughs> Just like, what the fuck? This wasn't supposed I to happen. I was not prepared for this shit. <laughs> Where I don't even think I have Playing a helmet here. in the game? <laughs> It's anybody else. Anybody else want to do that? Oh, no. It's just me. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I thought a couple of things that stood out to me. I agree. The Patriots defense was aggressive. They were in there. They were pass rushing. They played a different defense. Felt like than they we've were seen them a lot around Deshaun Watson all day. They had yeah. three sacks on the day, but they were right. They, they were, were in his face. Yeah. They were definitely making him uncomfortable. They had um, Gilmore had a great interception. Just picked him right off. We obviously talked about the recovered fumble on mm-hmm. fucking play one. And then they blocked a punt, which is a nice special teams play. That was nice. You know, I'm a sucker for but the they special didn't block teams. It. it still went through. Well, it was a punt, but he like tipped it off of his. Oh, 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 hand. oh, 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 yeah. right. I think there was also maybe I'm thinking of a different game. I think there was also a field goal where someone got a hand on it and oh, it still I went through the upright, so it didn't really fucking matter. But you know what else was a great play? It wasn't defense, but was special teams for sure. That the punt la- at the end of the game. Yes. Oh. Jones downing the ball at the one yard line. I that took is, my pants off. <laughs> that is such like smart, aware football of like, what do you need to do? How far can you let it go? And what is the ramification of this decision that I'm making right now? Yeah. And it was brilliant. Well, the it punt was itself was, a, was a beauty, right? It was like, a, that was like freaking Phil Mickelson, just <laughs> sitting it down right where you need to sit. Little scene setting. This is like very end of the game. Patriots are up. They're punting the ball back to the Texans with right. a little less than a minute left, right? So they like, we're going back to punt. Belichick's like leaning out, calls a timeout as the play clock expires. Right. So they go to punt again, boot it. And like, I don't even know the fucking punter's name. Is it Ryan Allen still? Yeah. yeah. Ryan okay. Allen. So Ryan Allen freaking just booms one all the way to the corner of the opposite end zone. And it 
fortunately, this is football, happens to bounce straight up in the fucking yeah, air. Yeah, of course. And Jonathan Jones is able to touch it right on the one yard line. So, you know, as if you weren't feeling pretty good at that point as a Patriots fan anyways, it right. was like, all right, Houston. Go 99 yeah, yards, knock Enjoy the 99 out. yards with l- less than a minute left, you yeah. fucking bums. Oh, yeah, that was a thing of beauty. It was great. It was perfect. Loved it. I mean, obviously, luck plays a factor. Like Just on the bounce, though. Bounce, I mean, it was an incredible right kick. Place. And to your point, yeah, that guy like had to have the awareness to like right. not fuck up. Don't don't panic. Don't, don't step into the end zone. Out yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the end don't zone. blast How many it times out of bounds or anything like that. The fucking guy kick it out because he's running too fast yeah. in the ball and it takes a weird like shake right, at the last right. second. Just because he makes it look easy doesn't mean right. it was. But yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah I, I am, you know, we'll see about the defense. Obviously, it's just sure. week one. You can't make any grand proclamations. And again, depending on how good or bad Houston ends up being, they have a whole new offensive line, which I don't know. The, the On the broadcast, I forget if it was uh, Nance or Romo, but they said that four of the offensive linemen from last year's Texans teams aren't even in football anymore. Yeah. It They're was, just out of the league, yeah. which doesn't tell me that these guys are necessarily worse. If that was the case and four of your guys are just out of football, either right. retired or just nobody wants them. And you have four new guys. Presumably it's an upgrade, right? Like, I so the assume. fact that it's like, Oh, there's a whole new offensive line to me. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if I necessarily think that there's an excuse. That sounds like an improvement. I think it might only be an excuse in the way that like, do you have the chemistry and the rhythm down to like n- know how to respond right. when you see a defense that you don't like. And Deshaun Watson has played six games at NFL quarterback. True. Like, does he know how to change the play at the line as right, efficiently right. as someone like there Tom Brady of, or Peyton Manning? A lot of newness there. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's a lot of getting to know each other. They need some team building activities. Yeah, they got to work on their like butt taps. They got to yeah. get some secret handshakes going. Exactly. No N- window. Learn each other's kids' names and stuff. <laughs> All that crap. That What'd you think about the other side of the ball? Tom, etc. Uh, <laughs> I thought he kind of you know, when you compare him to Deshaun Watson, like he looked like fucking Tom Brady and he was just like surgical and he took people down and he had presence in the pocket and he wasn't afraid to hold the goddamn thing. And he has a new left tackle, which there was a lot of talk about. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's kind of his blind side there. Totally. And he looked great and they were holding people back and they weren't getting through. He got knocked down a couple of times, but it's it was like the third quarter before JJ Watt even got like a tackle on anybody. It's yeah. Like, okay. So I guess we don't have to worry about, that yet well the thing is is like these are all the same guys i think it was week three or maybe four last year where houston uh, yeah, put up houston, like 30 and it was jj watt and whitney merciless and we're talking about how fucking i mean in like the story of that game was the pats barely won it was that last minute brandon cook's touchdown play that won the game and it was we you and i were talking about how brady's just gonna get his ass kicked he can't survive this whole season if they can't block for him like yeah. that and he spent the whole game on his ass right that's that a different story. The defense couldn't stop a fucking nosebleed. Both of those conditions against basically the same team. Cause Deshaun Watson was the yeah, quarterback there. at that point, like check and check. Yeah. The, I think the offense looked good. Not great. It's week one, sure. whatever. Sure. My whole prediction of losing the game was based around the fact that they generally get off to slow starts. So like, I'll just chalk that up to slow starts. Brady and Gronk looked fucking automatic. Like that was, just money. Oh, yeah. Same rhythm they've always had. And Brady, I think in a classic Brady way, used all of the weapons that he had available to him. Like people yeah. were also worried about him not having Edelman and he's throwing to James Devlin, who's a fucking fullback. Like no other team even uses a fullback anymore. You know and he, he's like, nope, that's what I need. I'll hand it off. I'll throw it to him. He's hitting James White. Like it, it was just classic, like spread, spread the ball, yeah, yeah, get yeah. it to everybody. You don't know who to defend because everybody is an equal target. The other classic Brady move that happened in the game, 
less than two minutes left in the first half. Yeah. He throws it to Gronk. It's a questionable catch. Yep. Reviews have to come from upstairs. First of all, Bill O'Brien had Bill O'Brien three standing timeouts. On the like wetting himself. Yep. You don't call a timeout and give him a chance to review it. And Brady, again, knows the situation, runs everybody up. His team knows the situation. So mm-hmm. they get up there, they get set, and they make a play. So they can't review it and they can't overturn it. And it's like, God damn it, how many times has he done that to yep. people? <laughs> and why does nobody learn? You had three timeouts and you're less than two first minutes half, left. First half timeouts. What are you doing? Which are like Monopoly money. Right, who, who cares? Gives a shit? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should be clear, your comments right now are directed at Texans coach Bill O'Brien, not at me. Feels like you're yelling at me. It often does. But it's, what I was doing was watching the same thing as you. Yeah, but it's just like, that's what Brady does, yep. right? Like, that's part of his game. And the fact that nobody can figure it out. How are we sitting at home yelling no, at our TV? Nobody can figure it out. Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator of the Patriots <laughs> for five years <laughs> with Tom Brady. He, of all people, I know. should know that and he's smart enough after a, a questionable catch for like a 40 fucking yard right. gain that Tom Brady's going to hustle up to the line and, and run a quick play, even if he play. just spikes it. Right, he doesn't just care. Just to say, fuck you, don't challenge right. this. And Romeo Cornell is their defensive coordinator. A lot of familiarity on that team, D- for sure. Uh, the Texans have been like Patriots South for like right. five Five years Dude, and yet they're they're falling for Brady's same tricks. Yep. Stupids. What a bunch of stupids. <laughs> That's what I have to say. I about still that. think they're gonna lose next week. If they win next week in Jacksonville, I will feel very good about this team. You know, I think I would have felt more unsure about them winning in Jacksonville before the Fournette injury came up for Jacksonville. Oh, I didn't even see that he got hurt. So he pulled a hammy. Oh, it's happened to him before, but it's a recurring injury. So okay. who knows how okay. uh, they're not ruling him out for next week, but he's not going to be a hundred percent. Not the most pliable guy. huh? Yeah. He should really look at that TV 12. I hear. Yeah. It's great. He's got to get, eat some more chestnuts and <laughs> do some more stretches. Yeah. Let's get, send him a pack of resistance fans. And they still have Blake Bortles as their quarterback. Well, that's the so, uh, yeah. elephant in the so room. If fucking Bortles, if Fournette is in any way hindered and the defense plays, 80% as well as they did against Houston and the Patriots have a really strong chance there. Yeah. And this is, this is the matchup that has always given, there's a certain archetype of AFC teams that theoretically are bad matchups for the Patriots where the Patriots historically have had a really good offense and a so, so to okay to sometimes straight up bad defense, right? Right. If anything, their offense is better than their defense by what degree depends year to year. And then there's this archetype team. It's been the jets in the past. It's been the bills in the past. It's been Mm -hmm. Houston recently, Jacksonville. They all fall under the same structure of teams that don't have a fucking quarterback who have a nasty defense. And these nasty defenses are usually good for two or three or maybe four years. And then they kind of flame out. But like Jacksonville is that team, right? Houston is that team. And it's like, you get the, their strength against your strength and their weakness against your weakness, right? Our defense sucks. Their offense sucks. Our offense is great. Their defense is great. So this, this theoretical bad matchup that, or even matchup that happens, but the Patriots, pretty much always win it's just like dickheads like me are like oh i don't know they might get fucking <laughs> but, but like it just they always seem to wind up on the on the having the upper hand in that matchup these games end up being like frustrating games yeah they're generally the close-ish right they end Even up yesterday's game sunday's game was close-ish you know 27 20 like yeah, it wasn't the score a runaway sounds close it felt it comfortable felt, the whole time yeah but that's the thing is right. that like this matchup is like this like theoretically close game but it does it ever really feel like it's in question when you're watching like deshaun watson or blake bortles 
struggled to fucking tie their shoes, fumbling on handoffs. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. Jacksonville was like, got had so many penalties last week too. Who did they play? Did they the win? The Giants. No, they yeah, they won. They okay. won. They beat the Giants, though. I mean, come on. And they don't look great this year. No. But but who knows? I mean, they were just like plagued by penalties. So if they keep that up, you know, in theory, the Patriots should be able to like tear that apart. Like that's a little thread that they can grab onto. Oh, yeah. Because now you you're gonna know like what were the you know, Bill's gonna know what were the penalties that plagued them the most mm-hmm. and be able to exploit that. And I think it's they're they're definitely gonna be pumped and jacked it's their home opener oh yeah against the maligned patriots of course everyone hates us and like we hate ourselves i can this is like the you know again all these archetypical afc quote-unquote challengers over the years the ravens used to do this the jets everybody yeah they get all fucking hyped up and just commit like five penalties in the first yeah. quarter just because they're so like fucking jacked that they're jumping off sides they're like throwing themselves around yeah this year more than any they're gonna get some personal fat i bet oh, like, yeah. you know that's gonna happen my hope is that they don't like take someone's head off in the process like on the field sure i'll take the flag but i'd rather not have somebody like lose their fucking brain right well patriots will grab some good pi calls Get some good field position. Oh, yeah. Gronk took one. Yeah. And they'll they'll take the personal fouls. I just hope it's not at the expense of Rob Gronkowski's vertebrae. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's on thin ice as is probably back there. Seriously. Cool. You want to move on to something else from an opening take? Say that again. (laughs) Do you want to move on? You want to change gears? Yeah. You want to change gears? You want to change sports? I do. Shit. I want to find my notes here. Okay, here we go. All right, let's go take a little break. <laughs> we'll find our center I'm and like, we'll be right back. Look at other things though. <laughs> All right, so uh, the baseball team. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Well, so We talked about good Patriots defense. Yeah. I want to talk about bad Red Sox bullpen. Bad Red Sox. Red. Oh, my God. Let me try that again. <laughs> Bad Red Sox pitching. Pasty good. Sox bullpen bad. Yeah. I'm not going to call it pitching. I'm just going to call it bullpen. Yeah, sure. It's bad. Okay, that's fair It's like the starters give them quality starts, and then you throw in the bullpen, and it is just fucking downhill. It's bad. Every time. It's bad. When you're playing good teams. The teams that, like are going to stage a comeback and like have the, the bats ones that and matter pitching yeah, the teams exactly. that you'll be playing when the games really mean something. Yeah. The ones that you're likely to see again in October in a seven game series and it does not appear that you're going to have the stamina and the bullpen to beat them. Yeah. I mean, so again, just a little stage setting, obviously the Red Sox had a homestand against the Astros this weekend. They lost the first game. Bullpen blew it, lost mm-hmm. the second game. That was just a bad start from Eduardo Rodriguez. The Sox were behind the whole game. And then, Sunday night game, most people probably were watching Sunday night football, Aaron Rodgers, Bears, whatever. I was watching mostly the Red Sox, and it was, yeah, I mean, David Price had a, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, Rick Porcello had a perfectly good start. David Price had a good game on Friday night. Yeah, that was the Friday night game, yeah. So Porcello, perfectly good start, like, not perfect, but certainly quality start, and hands it over to the bullpen, and pretty quickly, it's, you know, it's a whole different fucking kettle of fish. The question then becomes is, you know, not to just fucking lean on the, football analogy all the time but like you know we've seen Patriots teams succeed with spotty defenses and we've seen them not succeed with spotty defenses it's like the question is is your offense good enough to overcome your shitty in this case bullpen okay like can they out hit their bad bullpen yeah and you know but I think what's different about football is that every week you get to play a different opponent 
And in baseball, it's the same opponent multiple times. So your best starters can't always be the ones to bail you out. Good. Like Chris Sale can't pitch every game to get you to the eighth and have Craig Kimbrell right. come in and, and pitch two and shut it down. Like you got to throw these Eduardo Rodriguez is going to have to start some and he's probably only going to make it five innings. And then what are you going to do? And like having the offense to beat them. Sure. But they're throwing their best pitchers at you too. Yeah, I mean, in 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 the playoffs in baseball, generally speaking, offense comes down because right. the majority of pitchers in Major League Baseball aren't great. And, you, and like to your point, like you got to throw a lot of guys at any given game, and baseball players make their money beating up on bad pitching for the most part. But when there is like you know three, four, five games against the same opponent, and you've got a manager who knows what he's doing like AJ Hinch or Terry Francona or whatever, who right. has a game plan and like an approach of how to pitch to JD Martinez, how to pitch to Mookie Betts. Like, right. and they're actually, you know, for lack of a better term, trying to get <laughs> you out instead of just trotting some pitcher out there who like, they just right. called up the other day and just like firing fastballs and whatever innings. happens. Yeah. yeah. We got to make like, it to nine, whatever. <laughs> it scares me. And I mean, you know, we'll probably watch the Red Sox this week as they play the Blue Jays and then the Mets over the weekend. And yeah. they'll, I don't know. They'll probably win four of these next six games. and We'll be like, woohoo. Easily. Maybe there'll be another grand slam, yeah. or another walk off. Yeah. or like, we'll be all riding high. But like this, this Astros series is, was a little bit eye opening. They're a good team. The Astros. Yeah. Yeah. They are good. They're consistent. Yeah. You up know, and down the lineup. Everybody can just fucking get you. Well, and that, so, and that becomes the problem is like, you can't just put your shitty guy in for the shitty pitcher in for the seven, eight, ninth. Yeah, no, there are definitely no, they can mow you down too. And it's just like, it's just one after another is going to come up and show that weakness in your pitching. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it happened the other night. It happened on Friday night where it was literally, I mean, they weren't even hitting for that, at least on the Sunday night game, which I actually like sat down and watched the whole thing. Like they weren't really hitting for that much power. It was just base hit after base hit after base hit. It was just little grounders that found their way Mm -hmm. through holes in the infield. Like, they were, but there was no stopping. Like it was just every person in that lineup was just getting on. And eventually you're like, fuck, well, four and, to one. Like right. what the fuck just happened? Drew and that Pomeranz. many base runners, like wear your starters down earlier too. Yep. So now you lose innings from them. Cause you know, they can only pitch so many pitches. Yeah. Throw <laughs> so many pitches. Yeah. Throw so many pitches. I don't know. And they only got so many cannons in the gun, you know? What? <laughs> Bullets in the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you really stepped into that I did. one. Though. And I was like, <laughs> you were committed. That's not right at you were all. Committed to that that's idiom, no right. matter how it came yeah, out. That's whatever. Admirable. Thank you. Thank you. Um, even the game they won on Sunday was sketchy, questionable, at best. sketchy at best. Like I said, Priscilla Altuve, with the good start, yeah, and, and then Altuve yeah. gets called out at home, and they challenge it, and it, he was uh, safe. Essentially, they said like. It was inconclusive, which means they won't overrule. Yeah, it was a mistrial, basically. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the Red Sox walked free. Right. Uh, But yeah, I mean, yeah, so that's a good point. That should have been the go-ahead run in whatever that was, like the sixth or something. And, the you know, it remained tied. And eventually they came back. And, you know, this team, I have more confidence, certainly, in this version of the Red Sox lineup, more so than last year or the year before that, to, to outscore a bad bullpen but i just don't know if it's actually gonna work yeah i mean well uh, the obvious answer is we'll see but you know season series now against the astros they went two and two in that road series and then obviously two and one just now 
So they do, they're great. just a little bit underwater. Not terrible, but underwater. I mean, if that was the playoff series, they would lose. Right. Just like they That's did last year. Exactly. You got All any right. more Red Sox takes? I don't think so. What's your note file say? It says we should move to the lightning round. <laughs> well, that's that's a com- I'll take that as gospel. Are you ready? I am ready. Actually, I've got I've got a Let's take a minute. Let's slow the lightning on this first question. Okay. <laughs> no, but I want to answer it. You I want, want to us both to answer it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This weekend, if you didn't see it, Serena Williams lost to 20-year-old Naomi Osaka in the championship round of the U.S. Open. Fact. Mm-hmm. But the biggest story was not just her defeat. It was her beef with umpire Carlos Ramos. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he gave her three violations of escalating severity. First, a code violation for communicating with her coach. Second, a point penalty for smashing a racket on the ground. Get it, girl. And third, a game penalty. She fucking annihilated that thing. If you haven't watched that, go back and watch it. That thing disintegrates. <laughs> uh, anyway, then he gave her a game penalty for quote unquote verbal abuse after Serena called him a thief for stealing a point away from her, which... I mean, as far as insults go, like, talk about the tamest option you can provide. Thief in the night. Yeah. How dare you, sir? (laughs) Besmirch my name. Anyway, she might as well have, like, slapped him with a glove. (laughs) (laughs) I lost my voice. Serena and many others inside and outside of the tennis world have accused Ramos's actions of being sexist. It is worth noting that Serena played the entire tournament in different variations of the same Nike outfit, which featured a fluffy tutu, which was her response to tournament officials banning her go-to cat suit outfit, claiming that she needed to dress with more respect for the game. I love her fucking tutu, which is not the question, but I am here for it. It's basically just her yeah. throwing she double freedom rockets up to the, gives to no the man. Fucks. So let's talk about is the U.S. Open sexist? And why the fuck are they jamming up Serena of all people? Why are they jamming up Serena? I have no answer for. She is the biggest star in the sport. And when I say the sport, I mean all of tennis. I mean, I like, yeah, you've gotten a doll. You've sure. got, but like, do they really move the needle? Like trans- transcend the sport. Serena transcends tennis. Thank you for that assist. Uh, in a way that Rafael Nadal does not. And Roger Federer did not. And it's just a fact. Like she's just a bigger star. Why they're jamming her up every fucking which way is beyond me. As far as the actual like thing that transpired on Sunday. Yeah. I've got some different thoughts on it. The th- uh, really, the deal is we're talking about the third penalty. Right. Because the first right. two in a code violation... I should preface this by saying I don't know my fucking ass from my elbow as it turns as it relates to tennis. Are you a tennis player? I'm not, but I can tell you... So one thing I can tell you is that what started this whole thing is you are not allowed to have a coach right. on the field. And they were, they were accusing her of being coached like that he was giving her hand signals about where to stand on the court, which it is important to point out the coach, I forget his name said he was doing it like after the match. He was like, yeah, I mean, come on, we all do it. I was doing it. The other guy was doing it. I was doing it. So I'll take his word for it. And the refs like Serena said, she was, which is sucks for her because she's, you know, if she like looks in that direction and someone who is not her chooses to break a rule, you know, 
however right. common or uncommon. I mean, that does suck for Serena, but it is important. This guy's job, the judge, Carlos Ramos, is to be a judge. And if he sees a rule being broken, he's going to call it. So that happened. Then she smashes the shit out of that racket. I know. But which is against racket. the rules. Like, I, th- that's against the rule, too. So you, that's like one of those things, like, in, you know, you in like hockey and stuff, you see it all the time where like someone has a hit and then like the other guy, like as retaliation, he like just hauls off and punches him in the face. And you're like, what the fuck, man? There was going to be a penalty against you. Right. And you had to go and do that. And now there's a penalty, at least for both of you. Right. You know, it's like, so she blasts her racket on the ground and again leaving this guy with no choice that's not a judgment call like you can't do that then so here's the third thing is the judgment call he gets her for quote-unquote verbal abuse of a, of the ref in himself for calling him a thief and saying that he should apologize and yeah yeah and that's where it's like that's that where the sexism part comes in and i should again restate i don't know anything about tennis i rarely watch tennis and i did not watch this match because i was busy but (laughs) but like soon after this match transpired you saw on twitter and everywhere else like freaking a flood of clips of male tennis players berating refs not being penalized for it swearing and like fuck this and this shit and whatever like it's important to point out serena did not curse no the worst thing nope. she said was, you're a thief. You stole a point from me. She was going at him for a long oh, time. Yeah. She was giving it to him pretty good, but did not feel like there was any lines crossed there. And that's what subsequently led to like right. the game point. They ended up with like the tournament operator over there. Oh, yeah. She tried to, to go like over his head. She went like, let me speak with your manager yeah. on him. <laughs> but... Yeah. Again, like the damage has been done. Like the the, the head refs aren't going to be like, okay, okay Serena, you're overall, right. Even yeah. if in their like hearts and minds, they actually agreed with her right. and thought that the right. dude, you know, it's what not I mean? a court of appeals. That's, you can't like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, appeal to a higher body because you don't like his ruling. But that, in addition to the cat suit thing, and all these f- clips over the years of male tennis players like ripping into refs and swearing and yeah. shit, there was a little weird thing where. uh a French player in this year's tournament was penalized, given one of those code violations, which is basically just like a warning mm-hmm. for changing her shirt on the court. Oh yeah. I she saw ran that. To, you saw that. So she yeah. ran to the like locker room, whatever to change her shirt. Cause it was like 10,000 degrees. Yeah. And she comes running out of the bathroom and it's on backwards. So she like gets on the court. And she's like, ah, oh, fuck. And like takes it off. Like doesn't even like go overhead. Like just like takes her arms out and like spins it around and puts it back right. on. She's sports bra a sports underneath. Bra. Like, yeah. Uh, it was pointed out to me earlier today by I forget who, but like she was wearing more in the sports bra than like the Olympic beach volleyball players wear yeah. as like their uniforms. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like plenty covered. And the dude gives her a code violation for yeah, like take, taking off her shirt. I, I don't know if tennis is sexist, but they are stodgy. And I think it's a problem with your sport that you can't let people have fun or have personality or like her wearing her cat suit is not traditional enough like okay well it's not the 1920s anymore yeah and like she's an incredible just loosen athlete. up like the Who girl cares? put her fucking shirt on backwards she right. was just fixing it like simple right. human error what is she doing like, that's hurting your game in any way like she, what rule is she breaking what I, I think like they just need to loosen up a little bit and, and if like she's yelling at the guy okay well she's competitive and she's mad and you're taking something away from her and you might be right but she can also be mad. And, and I think it's okay to say like, hey, all right, let's get on with the game. We got to right. get on with the game here. But at, at some point, like, let her get it out and then go back to playing. You made the right call. It's fine. 
she probably would come back later and be like, sorry, man. Like, you know, in the heat of the moment, right. like you were right. Fine. He, you know, I've now talked to him and he was doing it. She, we don't even know that she was looking at him for her to even know that he was signaling. Yeah. Her. Cause I mean, he admitted guilt on the coaching thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Serena even saw it or solicited it. Right. You know, but again, it's her, I mean, it's like her coach. It's sure. her box of You're people where she has over there. For, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, stodgy is like, I feel like that's like a couched way of saying it's sexist. Cause like what stodgy equals old timey and old timey equals sexist and racist Sometimes, pretty much all yeah, the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, so it could be both working against her. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think you're right in the sense that like the, the byproduct is like the, the, I don't think any tech, any tennis ref, you know, I don't think their aim is to act in a sexist manner, but I think that the, rules of the game are set up in such a way that there is a clear double standard yeah. with men versus women. And like the, I don't know. I mean, who, I don't fucking know the rule book, but like, they're definitely not penalizing men who have to like adjust their clothing or maybe like pop their shirt above their shoulders and put it back on. Like there's, right. There's just no way like they just wouldn't do that. So they had, someone has to take a look at those rules and be like th this whole, like, respect for the game quote unquote thing where it's just like, Oh, that feels wrong. Like that's not lady. Like it feels like that's, it's, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a more technical way of saying you're not acting like a lady, yeah. which is sexist as fuck. Like you can't get around that, you know? Well, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, and in particular, it seemed like this guy had kind of a stick up his ass and he didn't want to be yell sure. yelled at I mean, by a lady upstaged by yeah. like, you know, fucking Serena Williams, god goddess of tennis. Like you right. can't, I fucking hate people that can't be get take getting yelled at by a girl. I yell at people all day, every day. They can either deal with it or they can't. I don't know what to tell them. Did you just get distracted by Monday Night Football? Matthew Severed though. Fucked up. Matthew Severed just got fucked. Watch this. I saw them. On oh, the, the old hit him high, hit him low. Yeah, his intestines just turned to a liquid. <laughs> One more time. Uh, Hooey! Oh yeah, helmet right to the wrist. Oh yeah, that he's wasn't out. ladylike. He's out. No, great because he's right. on my stupid DraftKings team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's God. terrible. You must have done something to I someone in a past life. Stop gambling. I'm fucking just jammed. Can't. Every goddamn. Anyway, I'm should sorry. we get this lightning round yeah, back on I'm the rails? Sorry. No, don't be sorry. You can cut all that. It's a worthwhile discussion. <laughs> I lost my sheet, so. Oh, I'll go. <laughs> this is my favorite story of the week. Go ahead. The Cleveland Browns snapped their 17-game losing streak yesterday. Some fun details about this streak. One, it spans from the last game of the 2016 season, in which they went 1-15, and 15, so yeah. let's not get excited about that. They happened to win that last game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or lose no. the last game. Yeah. Matter. They won the Christmas Day game yeah. in 2016. Uh, Good memory. Um, I read it this morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good memory from this morning yeah, where you read about you. this incident. Um, it spanned the entire 2017 sure team. That, that's an 0-16 season. That's rough. Uh, and then they played the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, obviously, where they tied. Number two, they didn't win this game. They tied it. Oh, I blew that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you sort of gave away the punchline there. That's okay. Yeah. I, you want me the to people already knew anyways. Okay, fine. Well, let's hope. They were paying attention. Anyway, whatever. They didn't win. They tied the stupid game. Uh, so now they start their season 0-0-1. Technically, yeah. their losing streak is over. Snapped. Snapped it. Now they have started a new winless streak. <laughs> winless streak stands. They actually, though, what's pretty incredible about this game, they actually came back from down like 21 to three. Yeah. And they made it interesting. And I could just hear 
assholes all over Pittsburgh clenching as they were about to lose to the fucking lowly Browns. Yep. They took it into overtime where they each proceeded to miss a field goal. Oh, did both teams miss a game? Yeah, both teams huh. missed a field goal. Suckers. But if you're a Browns fan, are you celebrating it? Oh, you gotta. <laughs> you got to. How can you not? They, you, there's no guarantee that your season won't be 0-15-1. Like, you take but, that one and you celebrate that one. You know what it can't be? What? 0-16. It sure can. <laughs> you're better than last year hey, already. I, the, 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 the losing streak is snapped. And the uh, and the winless streak lives on, but I'll take the uh, I'll take the tie. I take the tie too. I'm pumped. That guy's to the house. Fucking ran it back. Uh, one other side point, yeah, which is this is a continuation of a years long analysis of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are an incredibly talented roster, who are coached by a fucking yeah, they can't do knucklehead. It. They can't like, get it together. How uh, I could go on about the fucking Steelers coaching and just how good that team should be and how bad they continuously are with dumb regular season losses like this, which lead to bad playoff seating, which leads to on the road and divisional round of wildcard games. And just like, what, where are you Pittsburgh? Yeah. Challenge us. No, they can't. They're not the such a better roster. They've had a better roster than the Patriots for like forever, three years, at least. I actually, you know, texted on our group tech yesterday. If Pittsburgh loses this game, their season's over. Like that would be such a moral dude. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, like an actual defeat and such a moral defeat. Like you would not be able to overcome that. But they might as well have lost. Like if you're a Pittsburgh fan, are you taking any solace in the fact that it was a tie and not technically a loss? Like come on, you got two different fan bases: one that's celebrating and popping corks, and one that is just like. Ending it all. Yeah. Which, hilariously, same outcome for both teams. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Next question. This one's for you. Yes. Jimmy Garoppolo. <gasps> yes, I've heard of him. Was handed his first NFL loss yesterday so against sad. the Minnesota Vikings on the road. He threw for a total of 261 yards. Okay. One touchdown. All right. Three interceptions. Not great. One of which was a pick six. <laughs> Melissa, I ask you, are you still on the Jimmy G train? I sure am, Craig. Oh, boy. I sure am. Because you know why? Why? That man can't lose. Look at well, him. Well, He's a doll. <laughs> He's just winning at life. It's a sort it of doesn't abstract even matter. definition of the term lose there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he just lost. I'm just taking it. It just to, happened. But and you know what? Yeah, he gets an L, but he walks away and he's still fucking Jimmy Garoppolo. That's true. He's still living a better life than either of us. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I don't know why you have to take personal shots, but that is true. <laughs> it's all about perspective. Yeah. No, they, he also played a great team. Minnesota was a good team. You know, they were a playoff team last year. Oh, yeah. NFC the championship game. They got games. pasted see? by the Eagles in the NFC championship oh, game. Oh, yeah. It's stupid But that Eagles. was the Minnesota see, Miracle I, against the Saints. That was the divisional round. Oh, yeah. Onto oh, the, good memory by you. Yeah. Well, see, I'm a Dayton Eagles fan. So, I, okay. Yeah, and I've blocked it all. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they're a good team. And so uh, it's not surprising that he struggled against them. It's also his, you know, first season opener yep, with that sure, team. Like, sure. we'll, we'll see how he does. As the, season the ride had to end at some point. Five wins in a row last season. predicting him to go... 16 and up. Well, some people are. Well, they're wrong. Just not this guy. Uh, more quarterback questions. Hit me. Aaron Rodgers left the Packers-Bears game on Sunday night with what appears to be a lower leg injury. The Packers looked out of sorts until Rodgers, miraculously, mm. returned in the second half, led the pack to three unanswered touchdowns, and ultimately won the game 24-23 to in their season opener. Right now, 2018, as we stand... Who would you rather have, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Melissa, you might be surprised to know that I would rather have Tom Brady. 
in 2018, when I think if you were just looking at raw skills alone, Aaron Rodgers in 2018 is better pretty much all around than Brady, except for in one big area, availability, ability to stay on the fucking field. Like if I had to win any given single game, I I might take Rodgers. I I don't know. I would at least entertain it. But if I'm starting a season and I got to play 16 regular season games and then playoff games, I'll take Brady. I'll take a 41-year-old Tom Brady who knows how to bail out of busted plays before getting pasted by Khalil Mack and knows when he's fucked, he's fucked, and he just spikes it and lives to see another snap. He did it a couple times against Houston. He was like, ah, and just fucking (laughs) threw the ball on the ground. It's not a proud moment for any of us. No, but it's going to happen. Him and us, the whole Patriots nation is just like, come on, you sissy. But you know what? He's there on the next play. He's He's there in the next week. He's there every fucking year. Yeah. I'll take Tom. Knock on wood for all of that. Also, speaking of quarterback injuries, I don't know if you caught it in our last little segment there, but breaking news, Matt Stafford's dead. (laughs) (laughs) It was very distracting all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah, it sure was. Took our serene. You can see why we don't care about tennis because one little thing happens on an out-of-market football game and we're distracted from the tennis conversation. This game, I know this isn't what we're talking about, but obviously we're recording on Monday night. The first Monday night game is on. And like the stupid Jets are fucking smoking the Detroit Lions right now. It's like 38 to 17. 38? Holy shit. Oh, there's our boy, Matt Patricia. Looking all fat and losing. Anyways. <laughs> Next me. question. All right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of fat and losing, Texans coach Bill O'Brien <laughs> was a bit pissy in his post-game press conference after losing to the Patriots on Sunday. He was asked about a controversial 30-yard reception that Rob Gronkowski had late in the first half, Yeah, which probably should it. have been reviewed. Yeah. may have been overturned. We'll see. We, well, we won't see, but we would have seen, <laughs> even though it was called a catch on the field. Uh, when asked about why he didn't call timeout, of which he had three in the first half, all left at, at his disposal at the time, uh, why he didn't give a call a timeout to give the ref some time to look over the call, he responded, it's not my job. What the fuck? Which, <laughs> subtext, it is his job. He's the yeah. head coach of the team. If you see the questionable catch for a 40-yard gain and you see, like we were talking about earlier, Brady running up to the line to call a play and you have three first half timeouts... Use one. No, look around. No one else is putting their Your hands job, together. Your job, Bill, is to win the game. Yeah, those people next to you are... By means necessary. People in the stands are clapping. They're not calling the timeout for you, buddy. Anyways, my question to you is, will the Bill Belichick coaching tree ever produce someone who doesn't suck? No, I don't think it will. You better hope it produces at least one. Well, uh, you know, McBee. that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> I actually think Josh McDaniels will be the most successful when he takes over for Bill. So you think his second crack at head coaching? He coached the Tebow Broncos. He sure Let's did. Let's not forget. Yeah, to a playoff God's win. God's team. <laughs> against who was that win against? The Mike Tomlin shit-ass Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> it all comes who back. Who lost to Tim Tebow, the worst quarterback back. of all fucking time. Anyway, I, no, I don't know. I, I hope for our sake, I guess, that uh, Josh McDaniels ends up being successful because we're going to need him. Yeah, he's and, the and guy. I, you know, I just wonder if... There's more to being successful than just like your own abilities as a coach, right? It's like the players that are drafted. If you don't have complete control over the team where your owner is willing to spend money, you know, is there like a president of operations that's getting in the way? And I think those factors will be removed in New England. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it'd be interesting to see what he can do in a situation where there aren't these other variables that are uncontrollable Mm -hmm. by the coach in some ways. Word up. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Let's hope. Next. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. Current Montreal Canadiens head coach, former Bruins head coach, Claude Julien, tr- tr- traded 
his captain and best player in the middle of the night last night real shady he uh sent max pacioretty to the las vegas knights yep making them even better Mm -hmm. way to go claude since taking over the Habs, Claude has led them to a first-round playoff exit in 2017, and they did not qualify in 2018. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs. Also worth noting that after Julian was fired from the Bees in 2017, when the team was below the playoff line, and they rallied to make the Stanley Cup playoffs that year. What? The Bruins got better once Claude left. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, why why does Claude hate offense so much? The guy hates talent like no one I've ever seen in my life. I don't understand it. He hated Phil Kessel, who's awesome. He hated Tyler Sagan, who's awesome. He hated Dougie Hamilton, who's kind of a softy, but was He's pretty kind awesome. Of a bitch. But yeah. like he just I don't know why he hates offense so much. He just hates it. He can't stand guys who score goals. It's wild. He wants everyone to be over 30. And just yeah. play like a slow meandering. Just jam in the between corners. Between the blue lines. Like it's the fucking like 80s. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it <laughs> no won him helmets. a cup. It won him a cup. I guess it won him a cup. But I mean, holy smokes, does that guy hate talent? Well, and he's got such job security in Montreal too, because they only will allow coaches that speak French. It really limits Unreal. their pool and it's only Unreal. getting smaller. I should learn French. Maybe I could get that job. You'd be instantly meeting one of their qualifications. <sighs> Fastest way to meet a head coach and qualification in all of uh, sports. Yeah. Speak Hold on French. a minute. You I got to get a Rosetta Stone going over here. All right. You had one more late breaker, right? I have two. Two. All right. One, uh, former cowboy Des Bryant tweeted during the games yesterday that he thinks he would look great lined up next to Edelman, Gronk, Hogan, etc. Mm-hmm. And because he would only have one-on-one coverage and can make a great impact he also thought washington would be cool too i'm not sure sure throw in <laughs> he, he didn't give any specifics around that would you sign des bryant in short not right now longer form i like that he's being so picky about his teams because it's like best of both worlds we can not sign des bryant yeah unless needed and if he's being really picky about who he wants to sign with i.e he only wants to play for us yeah it's like he's already on the team. <laughs> it's like he <laughs> created this dynamic sure. where he only wants to play for the Patriots. That's great for the Patriots. That's Did, that's like more reason. He should be saying the opposite if he wants the Patriots to sign him to create some urgency. Yeah, he should be saying he wants he to go like, to I'll the Jets. I'll play for fucking anybody. First yeah. one that picks up the phone, I'm going. The Patriots yeah. might then say, ah, shit, Des might be going to a team. We should call him. Okay, that's but good. He's not you doing that, he, so you, that's fine. You think he can pick up the offense quick enough? I don't know. We'll see. It's always been kind of a problem around here. Is people seem to struggle. With yeah, that. some people get it. Some people don't. I can't. There's never really been any rhyme or reason that I could tell. But yeah, I mean, uh, if someone gets hurt, I'd take him for sure. Yeah, he's right very, now, he's eh. very active on social media, so you can follow I'll along him, and I'll see what he thinks. Yeah. Uh, and then my second question is for you. This broke right before the Patriots game yesterday. Mm. Ian Rappaport reported that Gronk uh, was apparently going to be traded during the offseason. They had a couple deals ready to go. And he basically nicks them by saying that if they traded him, he would walk away and retire. He only wanted to play for this team, this coach, and catch balls from Tom Brady. Love it. Do you think that he was bluffing? And should the Patriots have called him on his bluff if he was? Uh, oh, the follow-up question is good. I think he probably was bluffing because like, if the Patriots traded him, I don't think he would have retired. I think he would have still played. But by saying that, he basically kills his own trade market because who the fuck is going to trade for a guy who is saying that he's going to retire if he right. puts on your uniform. Like, so he just killed his own trade market. Cause I would say most players don't want to be traded. Like they right. generally don't want to like pack up and move to some godforsaken team somewhere. Like who knows? Right. Uh, so yeah, but I don't think that like just because the, I mean, they're 
Patriots are smart. They probably knew he was bluffing, but they're not just going to trade him out of spite just because they know that he's lying. You know what I mean? Like the best thing for the Patriots to do is make Rob Gronkowski happy and keep him on the field. Yeah. Yes. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the the best thing for the Patriots is to have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski teaming up together, catching touchdowns. Yeah, baby. Great. Perfect. Hey, well, this was fun. Yeah, this was a good time. You got the uh, Patriots in week two. I do. Yeah, I got them against Jacksonville. All right. Yet again, I'm picking the I'm picking the opposition. So we'll see how this goes. Sooner or later, you'll be right. I've so far picked two NFL games. I picked the Saints in my suicide league. <laughs> nope. Picked the uh, picked the Texans in week one. Also, nope. So I'm you, just doubling down on my pre-existing takes. And uh, what do you got in the Cleveland game? Who are they playing? I'll take whoever it is. It don't, even, <laughs> don't even look it up. Don't even look it up. Don't even look it up. Uh, well, now I want to know. All right. Well, cool. I'll see you next week, Melissa. Yeah. Bye, Craig. Adios. Adios.